You know, if you live long enough, you will discover that uh, there are certain seasons in your life that really dramatically shift your life forever. I mean, once you have gone through that type of season, things will never be the same again. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was a separation or a divorce, or maybe, maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a career. Um, you know, maybe whatever you can put that on it. But you just know that that was a very dramatic shift in your life, and your life would never ever be the same again from that moment on. And um, there are seasons that I have learned that are in between seasons that we are really unaware of. And it is the season of transition. You know, you think about it in the natural, we can identify the seasons that we're in, spring, summer, fall, winter. If you live in northern Ohio, one day of summer, and then you have the rest of the seasons. That was supposed to be funny. I'm trying really hard. But um, you have the rest of the seasons. And you can pretty much identify, obviously, where you're at, what to expect, uh, you know, how long these things are going to last. But, you know, when you start going through seasons of transition, these are seasons that are really hard to explain. They're hard to identify. It's really the time between seasons. And um, it's just hard to, to define. It's hard to understand. As a matter of fact, this will help you uh, identify when you're in that season because one of the things you find yourself saying in these seasons of transition are things like, you know, I really have no clue what's happening right now in my life. A couple of you have experienced that, I can, I can hear. Uh, or you'll say things like this, I really wish I knew what was going on right now. Or, you know, God, <laughs> do you really, I mean, I know, but do you really know what's going on in my life right now? Those are, those are all things that you say to yourself when you're going through transitional seasons. And because we don't know or we don't understand what's going on, uh, we begin to experience the fruit of these or this season. Let me help you identify some of the fruit of the season of transition in your life. Some of the fruit uh, that will begin to appear are, is the fruit of fear. These are all negative uh, things. The fruit of fear. Uh, fear of the unknown, fear of the unfamiliar. And so you begin to experience fear. Another fruit that you begin to experience in this season of transition is confusion. What's going on? What's happening? Where am I at? Another fruit that you begin to experience is the fruit, just begin to panic, you know? So just These are not things that are of God, but these are things that, if we're not careful, we'll begin to manifest in our life and we will begin to experience these things. Another fruit in this season is frustration. Just frustrated and everyone gets on your last nerve and you know, you're just aggravated and you just don't know what to think or what to expect. And then sometimes it just leads to anger. And then we kind of lash out at people and, you know, we just, it's not them, but they're just there. And you just kind of let your frustration, your aggravation, and your anger kind of just lash out at them. And because you're in between these seasons of letting go of the past and reaching for the unknown. So that's the season of transition. You're not where you used to be, you're not where you need to be, you're just somewhere in the middle of transitioning into the next season of your life. And uh, sometimes you, be, you can become very disoriented 
in this season. It's hard to navigate through this season. And it's going to take me a little bit of time to set this up because I have to plow through a field. And sometimes when you're plowing through fields, it's very difficult. So just bear with me. I'm going somewhere. Trust me, okay? One of the things that I have found in transitional seasons, I think, not that I ever have given birth, but I think that you can relate it to birthing. Okay? Ladies, you're going to help me out here. I think transitional seasons can be related to birthing seasons in our life. There is a point in giving birth that they call the point of transition. And the baby has moved to the birth canal, and it's moved from the womb of the past. It's in the birth canal, and it's heading towards the door of the future. And they say that this point, the baby has reached the point of no return. And most doctors, midwives will tell you that this is the most critical moment. This is the most critical time in the whole labor process. Uh, this is when the baby, baby is at uh, the most critical moment. And this is where the mother, come on moms, this is where the mother needs to bear down. And this is where the mother needs to really push. You're at the point of transition. Now, there are three people in the room at that moment who play a very key and vital role. Now, some would say there are four, but I'll talk about the fourth person in a minute. The first person, obviously, is the mom, right? Very key, important person in the room. The second is the baby, right? They kind of work together in this process. And the third is the doctor. The fourth is the father, and we're not sure where he's at and what he's doing at that time. <laughs> right? So there are three key components, three key people in this process. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, you know, I've been there. I've been in that room. So, you know, they probably don't want us in that room at that point. But, but. Each of the three have a very different perspective on what's going on at that time. As a matter of fact, two out of the three are not having any fun at that time. I think you can guess who the two out of the three are. The mother in this process is preoccupied, and mom is preoccupied with pain. And all mom wants is for the pain to stop. Help me out, ladies. Amen. And so this is the moment in transition where mom can become disoriented. It's the moment where mom can become very frustrated and aggravated. Why? Because of the pain that she's experiencing. The pain is so intense that mom forgets about the baby. Because all mom wants to do at this moment is get her hands on her husband. I can't believe you did this to me, right? And she wants to kill her husband at that moment. The pain is so intense that she forgets about the baby. And let me just stop and interject right here. Because that's where some of you are in the transitional season spiritually of your life right now. You are in what is known as a painful process. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to manage the pain. Just give me something to ease my pain. Do something that will take away my pain. And so your focus 
is so much on the pain that you forget that there is a seed in your sorrow. You may want to write that down. There is a seed in my sorrow. There's a seed in your suffering. There's a seed in your pain. And moms, you know that it's not uncommon for you to want to quit in this season. They're encouraging you. They're telling you, you got to keep pushing. You need to keep bearing down. But it's so painful and you're so tired, but that's the last thing that you want to do. Your, on your mind is, I want this to stop. I want to quit. I want to get out of here. Just get me up and let me go. I'm through with all of this. Not realizing that in a matter maybe of minutes or in a matter of hours, you're going to give birth to that baby and you're going to hold in your arms something that's so precious and something that is so blessed of God that it's going to erase all of the pain that you have experienced during your labor process. And I know this to be true because you go back and do it again. <laughs> Most of you. You go back and you do it again, right? And at the end of the pain, this is going to help somebody, at the end of the pain, you have this beautiful gift of new life. And so, even though, spiritually speaking, transitionally speaking, you're experiencing a lot of pain, and you're experiencing the fruit of, of transition, you have to understand that at the end, there is a beautiful gift of a new life that God is trying to bring about in your life and in your situation. And then there's the baby. And the baby is completely confused because the baby cannot figure out why mom is being so mean and cruel to him or her. They don't know, right? Why is mom forcing me out of this comfortable place that I've been living for the last nine months? Think about the baby's perspective in this. The baby has been living in this comfortable place where they have experienced 24-7 climate control. <laughs> Moms, I know it hasn't been for you, but for the baby, 24-7 climate control. The baby has been experiencing 24-7 food and drink on tap. 24-7 free transportation. It is carry wherever. They're in such a comfy place where they're in a place where people come and they say nice things. Oh, how sweet. And they rub on the baby and they sing to the baby and they're hearing all of these beautiful sounds and these beautiful voices. And then all of a sudden it's like eviction time, moving day. And the baby's not familiar with any of this. And what you're doing is you're taking that child and you're moving it from a comfortable place to a very uncomfortable place, a place that that baby has never experienced in their life, such as some of you right now. In this spiritual transitional moment of your life, you were in a very comfortable place. Things were working for you. Things were going for you. Provision was just flowing for you. You were, you know, you just had joy and all of these things. And all of a sudden, shift happens. 
<laughs> Be very careful how I say that. And now you're moving out of a very familiar, very comfortable place to an unknown place. And you're in a place where you can feel the pressure of the push. You can feel the pain of the travel. And then the third person in the room is the doctor or a midwife. And they are the only ones in the room who are calm, cool, and collective. The reason that they're calm is that they've seen this thing, the transition, a hundred times. They know what is going to happen next. And so they have to really focus on two. They have to focus on mom, and they have to keep mom what, what, doing what she needs to do, but they also have to be aware of the welfare of the baby. And so... What I'm trying to get us to see today, what I'm trying to get us to understand at this very moment is that you and I either are, will be, or have gone through seasons of transition where you are experiencing all of the emotions, all of the feelings that I just described to you because you are in what God describes as a spiritual birth canal where you are getting ready to give birth to the promise and the blessing or the prayer that you may have been praying and believing God for. And so, so you're experiencing all of these things and you're feeling the pressure and you're feeling the pain of being in a spiritual birth canal, but I want you to understand something. At the end of your transition, there is a beautiful new life that God has for you. There's some beautiful things that God is going to birth through you and around you. And so some of you right now, some of you are even thinking right now that, that, that about a time or a season in your life where maybe you never want to experience it again, but you're thankful that you went through that season because what that season brought out of you or where that season brought you to. Does that make sense? So you're like, I, you know, and I, can, I could probably take time and tell you a couple of them, but you're like at the place where I didn't like it at the time. As a matter of fact, it was so painful at the time. I didn't think I was going to make it. But now that I'm on the other side, I'm in the delivery side of it. I thank God that I went through it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can we give God some praise right here? So here's what I've discovered. I have discovered that most people are lost during the spiritual season of transition than any other season in their life. This is where we lose a lot of people. Uh, we lose a lot of people in this season because we just really don't know what to expect. It's hard for us to understand what's going on. And we're so consumed with the pain and the confusion that what we really need is we need a doctor. We need somebody who is experienced. We need someone who is knowledgeable in what we are facing and what we are going through. And that's why the Bible lets us know that there are some things that you and I experience and some things that you and I go through so that when we get through them, we can turn around and look back at somebody who is starting what we just came through, and we can look back at them and say, let me coach you. 
Let me help you. Let me explain to you what you're facing, what you're going through, what you can expect, uh, but let me try to keep you focused during the birthing process because if you can remain focused uh, on the seed that's about to come forth uh, and not just the pain and not just the sorrow, if you can stay focused, I'm here to tell you that it's going to be worth everything that you're going through right now. You're not going to regret it one moment. Let me help you through this process. I can promise you it's going to be okay in the end. As a matter of fact, I just want to encourage you right now, and I just want to tell you right now, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. None of it's taken God by surprise. God has permitted it. God has allowed it, and I'll show you that in a minute, for movement in your life, for transition in your life. This is why getting connected this is why being part of a group, this is why relationships are so important. You need people in your life. I need people in my life that can coach me, that can mentor me, that can help me, that can pray for me, that can listen to me, that can be there for me when I am in a transitional season of my life. It's very difficult. It's extremely hard to give birth by yourself. room is so quiet right now because it's painful. And so what you have is you have a person or persons in your life who serve as a bridge. And what they, they connect our past to our future and they help us cross over. Out of the womb, through the canal, into the new that God has for us. When I think about transitional seasons, um, one of the greatest examples of a transitional season that we can learn from are the children of Israel, the Exodus generation, um, two million plus that came out of Egypt, 430 years, 17 generations of slaves. And even though the Bible lets us know that they died in the wilderness. Spiritually, I could say they died in the birth canal. They died in the wilderness. Even though they did not reach Canaan, their death is not in vain because they speak to us from the desert graves. And what they tell us is simply this. It wasn't Pharaoh who defeated us. It wasn't an evil taskmaster who took us out. Pharaoh, remember Pharaoh who kept them in bondage, who lorded over them. It wasn't Pharaoh who destroyed us. For us, it's not an enemy. The devil doesn't have that kind of power over our lives. Greater is he that is in than he that is in this world, right? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who what? Strengthens us. So it's not a devil that defeats us. Many times it's just like the children of Israel. It wasn't a Pharaoh that defeated them. It was a mindset that defeated them. Because they got in the birth canal, they got into the desert, and they continued with a slave mentality. 
They complained. They murmured. They wondered. They argued. They became angry at Moses. All of those things that I talked about, all of those things, that those, those fruitful experiences that I talked about, but they never got beyond that. They never let that go. They never released that. And so they died outside of their promise. They never made it from the transitional place of Egypt to Canaan, right? They never walked into their future. And so, so what that tells us is this, that the adversary can't keep us from our, from our future, but we can. We can stop and we can miss the opportunity of a better life. We can miss the opportunity of experiencing all that God has for us if we quit, if we stop, or if we start complaining in the transitional period of our life. It will it will stop us dead in our tracks. And so more people are lost during the transitional season of their life than any other time. Think about this for a moment. The children of Israel survived the wintry season of slavery, 430 years. It didn't kill them all. They survived that season but they couldn't survive the transitional season of their life. So I have to ask myself the question, how then do I survive transitional seasons in my life? What are the things that I can do that can help me from focusing, get my focus off of my pain, off of the pressure, so that I can step through the door, the new season that God has for me? Well, I think the story of the Exodus gives us some light on that. Let me set this up and I'll talk about it. God speaks to Moses out of a burning bush. God sends Moses back to Egypt. He sends him back as a deliverer to bring his people out of bondage. Moses, along with Aaron, they go and they confront Pharaoh. And they tell Pharaoh, look, I've come as a deliverer and I've come to get God's people, and we're going to go in the wilderness, and we're going to worship our God. And so Pharaoh says, is that so? And so this is Pharaoh's response. It's found in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 6 and 8. Listen to what it says. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw but require of them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Now let's, let's just talk about straw for a moment because that's why you came to church to learn about straw. But straw was the binding agent in making bricks. They could not make bricks without straw. It was the straw that held the brick together. And so Pharaoh tells the uh, Egyptians, he said, do not go gather straw for them any longer. Make them do it. Make the slaves go get their own straw, but don't reduce the quota. They still have to make the same number of bricks. Pharaoh says, they're lazy. And because they're lazy, I'm going to punish them and I'm going to make their life harder. I'm going to make it more difficult. And isn't that just like the devil? Here's the first thing you have to understand about transitional seasons. Don't let anyone take your straw. 
don't let anyone take your straw. Obviously, I'm going to have to unpack this and talk about it. But don't let anyone take your straw during transitional seasons of your life. What is your straw? The straw is the binding agent in your life. So what does that look like for a believer? Well, your straw is your faith. It is your hope. It's your confidence. It's your convictions. Your straw is your relationships. Talking about what holds things together. Your straw is your relationships. The straw is your commitment to God. These are the binding agents of our lives. And during transitional seasons of our life, the devil's going to try to remove or to deplete the straw from our life. He's going to try to remove these things from our life. What does he want? He wants to rob us and deplete us of our faith. Why? Why does he do that? Here's why. Because he knows without faith, it is impossible to please God. We can never please God outside of faith. He also knows for the believer that we walk by and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, if any movement is going to take place in our life, if we're going to transition spiritually in our lives, it will require faith on our part. We have to get through, again, the spiritual birth canal. So it's going to require us to walk by faith, even though we're feeling all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the trauma, all of the emotions that I talked about earlier. We're feeling all of those things. We cannot go by what we feel, right? We cannot go by what we see. We have to move by faith. And the devil knows that if we, if he can take our faith, he can stop us from moving and transitioning forward. He wants to take our hope because when we lose hope, we give up. If it seems hopeless, we won't try. He wants to deplete our confidence. He wants to rob us of our confidence that we won't step out and trust God. And so you have to keep the straw during the transitional seasons of your life because the goal of your adversary is to intimidate you so that you become so fearful and so frustrated and so confused that you decide, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. I'm not going anywhere because after all, I really don't want to get Pharaoh angry. I don't want to stir Pharaoh up, and I'll talk about what that looks like for us. I don't want to upset Pharaoh. So a lot of times what happens with us is this. When we start in the transitional season of our life and God is moving us, and the enemy knows that there's traction and there's movement, he tries to intimidate us. When we start praying bold prayers, when we start stepping out in faith, when our confidence and our trust and our hope is in the Lord, the enemy starts putting pressure on us. He starts bringing attacks into our lives to try to stop us from moving forward, to try to stop us from praying, to try to stop us from giving, to try to stop us from believing what God has for us. And so we think because now we've stepped out in faith that we've stirred the devil up and if we'll just sit back and relax and, and just let everything calm back down, that the enemy will leave us alone. And that's exactly what the elders of Israel thought. The elders of Israel were mad at Moses, not Pharaoh. They were mad at Moses. 
And they told Moses, you are the reason that Pharaoh hates us. You're the reason for the straw being taken from our life. If you would have never came into our life, Coach Moses, if you would have never came here, Dr. Moses, we would have not experienced what we are experiencing right now. Isn't it amazing how confused we can get when we're going through transitional times in our life where we think the enemy is our friend and our friend is an enemy? Ooh, just letting you catch up right now. They thought Moses was an enemy and Pharaoh was a friend. Pharaoh was never their friend. Pharaoh was always their enemy. And when you start stepping out, don't, don't you're gonna, you're going to experience attacks from your adversary. Because as long as you're doing nothing, he doesn't have to worry about it. But the moment you step out, the moment you say, you know what? <laughs> We're going to build a new church. The moment we step out and you say, you know what? We're going to reach more lives. The moment you step out and you say, you know what? I'm going to step up and I'm going to take on that responsibility. The moment you step up and you say, you know what? I'm going to start the tithe challenge. The moment that you do that, you now become a target for your adversary. And the reason even some of you this past week started experiencing straw being taken from your life is the enemy doesn't like what's going on in your life. But that's the time and that's the place where you let the enemy know I'm not intimidated and I'm not backing down, and I'm not going to stop. As a matter of fact, I'm going to move forward in this process. You are not going to stop me from doing what God has called me to do. So when the devil removes straw from your life, you're going to do one or two things. Number one, you're going to run around trying to find more straw, more faith, more hope, more confidence. In other words, you're just going to continue to struggle and struggle and struggle just to try to keep up. Just to try to be a better Christian. Or, number two, you can step back and you say, you know what? You know what, Pharaoh? You picked on the wrong person. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to make you pay for messing with me. Are there any fighters in the room? I mean, you used to be. I mean, are there any fighters in the room? Let me, let me just, let me, are there any faith fighters in the room? Does anybody get to the place where, okay, all right, you want to take my straw? Let me show you what I got. You want to bring this attack? Let me show you how much more I'm going to increase my faith. If you think you're going to stop me, let me let you know right now, you're not going to stop me. I said it earlier, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And you're going to have to get to the place where you're going to say, you know what? You want to fight? We're going to fight. But I want you to know something. The fight is fixed because you already win. Amen. Jesus has already won the battle for you. The devil is a bully. And if you'll stand up to him, he will back down. Come on, if you believe it, put those hands together and give God praise. So the removal of straw is something that you're either going to struggle with or you're going to see it as the final straw. You're going to say, okay, devil, you've messed with the wrong one this time. You've messed with the wrong family this time. 
and I refuse to be intimidated. I refuse to quit, and I refuse to back down. I am more determined now than I have ever been before. You just stirred up my faith. You didn't take it. You stirred it up. My confidence is in him and not me. My hope and my trust is in him, and he is never disappointed, and he's not going to start now. And this is exactly, this story is amazing because this is exactly what God wants to have happen. God permitted it. God, did not God send Moses? God permitted it. God allowed it, right? God knew that there would be a removal of the straw, but God used the removal of the straw to move Israel. And sometimes God permits what's going on in your life to get us to move because he knows we like being in this comfy place. And so God will allow straw, spiritually speaking, to be removed from our life so that it will move us in our life. That's the time to push past your pain. There is a seed in your sorrow. And what happened was this. This opened Israel up to the idea of going forward. From this moment on, this opened up the mind of Israel, the Israelites, to move forward. Right? And even though it's uncomfortable, it is in the plan of God to move us forward. Let me real quickly say this. If the devil can't stop you from moving forward, if he can't mess with your straw, if he can't mess with your faith, your hope, your confidence, your relationships, and your commitment, if he can't stop you from moving forward, here's what he will do. He will begin to create distractions in your life. So here's what you have to do. You have to stay focused. Look at your neighbor and tell him, focus. What does the doctor tell mom to do? Focus. Focus, mom. Focus, because the enemy will create distractions. So Pharaoh finally tells Moses, he said, you and the men can go. But look at verse 11 of chapter 10. He said, have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that's what you've been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. This is what happened. He said, you can go, but you have to leave the women and children in Egypt. And Moses says, no deal. That's not the plan of God. He said, we're all going. And so you have to ask yourself this question. Why did Pharaoh agree to allow just the men to go? Because Pharaoh knew this. And this is what your enemy knows. Pharaoh knew if only the men went, even though they would have been free physically to go, Mentally, they would not have been free. Emotionally, they would have not have been free. Why? Because they were still attached to their loved ones who were back in Egypt, who were still in bondage. So what was happening then was this. As they moved forward, they would continually be looking back. That's what happens to us sometimes. Even though we're moving forward, there are things that we keep looking back 
two, and I'm almost done, two minutes. Because the enemy knows if he cannot keep us from transitioning, he will try to sneak in a distraction in our life. He'll try to sneak in a distraction in our mind. Why? Because it creates hesitation. And even though you're transitioning, and even though you're spiritually moving, your focus is broken. And the reason your focus is broken is because it's divided. You cannot focus on two things at the same time. Focus. And the enemy tries to break your focus. Because if he can get us distracted, he can keep us from the promises of God. Another time Pharaoh told them, you could go, but you have to leave your livestock, you have to leave the animals behind. And again, Moses said, no deal, because we need these animals. Why? Because when they worshiped God back then, they had to offer up sacrifices to God, right? And here's what, the, here's what Pharaoh was saying. He said, you can go, but you have to compromise your worship. How many of you know we never compromise our worship during the transitional seasons of our life? We're going to continue to praise God. We're going to continue to worship God. We're going to continue to give glory to God because the enemy would try to get us to stop, right? To break our focus and to stop us from giving God all the glory, even in very difficult seasons of our life. And Moses said, no deal. As a matter of fact, he said, not one hoof will be left behind. And so when the enemy can't keep you from transitioning, he will plant a seed of distraction to try to keep you uh, and cause you to wonder if you should have left or not left. Don't fall into the trap of distraction because it will cause you to second guess and hesitate during the season of transition in your life. Stay focused. Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Number three, don't leave empty-handed. Exodus 3, 21, he told them, he said, when you leave, don't leave empty-handed. Verse 22, he says, Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living because women are master askers. If you want to get something, let the women get it. He said, let the women ask for silver, gold, and clothing. Watch this, which you will put on your sons and daughters so they will, so they will plunder the Egyptians. Purposeful plundering, which I had time to preach on. What I found interesting, Danielle, was he said, I want you to put the clothing on your children. He said, when your kids, when you get ready to leave Egypt, when you get ready to leave bondage, I don't want your kids, I don't want the next generation leaving looking like slaves. I want them leaving looking like free people. Right? I don't want them carrying 
generational things into their future. I want you to dress them for their future because they will no longer be slaves, but they will be free indeed. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, let's give him... He said, don't dress them for their past. Don't dress them in their past. Dress them for their future. As you're transitioning, you mentally have to dress for where you're going, not where you've been. You ever been at the airport in January and February um, in Cleveland and look around and see people in shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops, January, February, don't they kind of stand out? They're in Cleveland. It's five degrees, right? How many of you know they're not dressed for where they are? They're dressed for what? Where they're going, right? They're dressed for where they're going. And so (laughs) they may look like they're out of place, like they don't fit, but they're not dressed for where they are, they're dressed for where they're going. And spiritually, right now, when you're in a season of transition, it may be uncomfortable, and you may even look a little silly in your mind, because you're not dressed for where you are. Mentally, you're dressed for where you're going. And when you get there, you're gonna look like you belong there. I said, when you get there, you're going to look like you belong there. So you have to dress for where you're going mentally. This is where I'm going. In your transitional season, I got to look. This is where I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stop here. It's not about my past. It's not even about where I'm at. It's where I'm going. And mentally, you have to, you have to take your mind there. Because listen to me. Your mind goes first. Your body follows. Your mind goes first and your body will follow. What happens here happens in time. I can, trust me, it does. Amen. So I'm looking at you and you look a little weird right now. (laughs) No offense, but you look a little weird because you're not dressed for where you are. God's dressing you for where you're going. Your new season your new day, your new opportunities, your new life that you're about to give birth to. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't complain and, you know, don't, God, why that? No, just say, Lord, I know I'm going to a better place. I'm just going to keep praising you through the pain and I'm going to keep praising you through the difficulty because I know at the end of this, something great is about to happen. Amen. You believe that this morning?